0: Hi, welcome to another edition of It's All About Relationship. I'm David Novak, and you're just about to listen to episode number 103. Number 103 today. All righty, here we go. Episode number 103 coming up, and before we get into it, uh, just Little bit of business as I usually like to do, and just kind of give you an update on what's going on uh, in life, at least <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Um, it's Easter week, by the way, and I normally don't even like to, uh, you know, put dates on a podcast because you might be listening to this, you know, in the middle of June or something, but we're recording it uh, right during Easter week on, uh, let's see, today's Thursday. So I think they call that Monday Thursday, if I got that right. Uh, but anyway, so it's the greatest—it's um, the greatest celebration of a holiday in Christianity would be Easter, and I guess the second would be Christmas. Uh, but anyway, here we are. It's—it's it's an awesome week, and I can't wait to do this show. We have something special on the show for you today. But before I get into all that, I want to give you an update. Uh, most of you know that I'm an actor. Yep. Okay, that's what I do. Um, we just wrapped shooting on a Western. Uh, We just got done. I mean, just this last week, we wrapped shooting on Among the Willows. Among the Willows. We're in post-production on it right now, and uh, I expect it to be out and available this fall. Uh, I'm not sure if you would call it a faith-based Western or not, but there is definitely uh, a great element of faith in it it's an action deal uh, it's suspense and it's uh, I'm excited I, I play uh, who do I play <laughs> I play oh I play John Williams in it. it's one of the lead roles and I, I co-wrote it and uh, and co-produced it and uh, anyway so that's enough of that uh, a couple of other things real quick if you want to follow us on Facebook as an actor you can follow me on Facebook at David Novak actor on Instagram. It's the same, uh, title, David Novak actor. But if you want to follow the podcast and that's what we're doing right now, uh, the podcast on Facebook is it's all about relationship. It's all about relationship on Instagram. You would go to David Novak podcast. Well, why is it a different name? Well, that's because somebody had the name already, so I couldn't name it that. So it's David Novak podcast on Instagram. Instagram. Okay. I think that's all the business that we got. So, uh, I will tell you a little bit about today's episode. You know, nine times out of 10, you listen to me, uh, spew on, uh, my thoughts. Uh, but today it's a little bit different. Every once in a while we have a guest and today we have a guest. And before I tell you his name, ah, you know, it's a guy already, right? Okay. Uh, Reverend, I won't tell you his name yet, has been married to his wonderful wife, Jennifer, for 18 years, and he's the father of four children. Just like me, I've got four kids too. He's been an ordained minister with the Assembly of God for over 27 years. That's a long time, isn't it? And he's currently the pastor of Calvary Community Church in Dudley, Massachusetts. He holds a BA in theology from Zion Bible College and North Point bible college and he wrote an awesome book called forgiving the nightmare um He went through a time of great healing uh, back in 2019, and he began speaking about the experiences of his past and uh, God's grace and the uh, transformational work of forgiveness in his life, and now he gets to speak this through his book and through his ministry and at church, and he's just, God's really using him in a great way, and he's going to share his testimony in just a second, and and, uh, it's my great honor to welcome to the show Mark Sowersby. Mark, welcome to the show. Okay, that's your cue to talk.
1: <laughs> hey, 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 hey thanks, David. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Did I blow your last name? Did I say it right?
1: No, you pronounced it pretty well. I oh, like yes. the theatrical pronunciation. <laughs> you can tell you're a, a famous and wonderful actor. I look forward to watching oh all your films. You said that with drama and oh, action and feeling. Oh, my gosh. I caught it all. You pronounce, I think you pronounced it even better than I do. So, uh, you know, it's great to great to be on your show today, and thank oh, you for the opportunity oh, to share my testimony.
0: Oh, absolutely. You said it all, so let's just stop right there, and we'll end the show. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> so, Mark, it's awesome to have you on, and uh, it, it's just I'm looking forward to hearing more about what you have to say. So without further ado, do uh, you mind kind of sharing your testimony with us a bit?
1: Again, I'd be honored to. Unfortunately, I think my story rings true to many people. I grew up in a dysfunctional home with capital D. Many of people are probably listening today understand that because they probably come from a path like mine, dysfunction. But my dysfunction affected me in many, many ways from the ages of seven to fourteen. My mother married a man that was twenty years her younger, and he came into our home and he began to abuse me. He abused me in every way, shape, and and form—verbally and emotionally physically and unfortunately abused me sexually. I sold my body to other men. I, I have stabbed and burnt, I've been stabbed, I've been burnt. I had to live through that horror of those seven years as a child. My mom neglected me because of her own pain and sorrow, so she didn't hear the cry. So when abuse happens and when, when dysfunction happens, I touched the whole family in different ways, and that abuse touched me in a very physical, in a very evil and dark and a sexual way. And those seven years that I had to live through, those seven years that I was a confused young man, uh, people say, "Well, why didn't you get angry? Why didn't you fight?" Why didn't... I was just empty. That's how I tell people. I had no feelings then. I was just empty. I was. I think the new word now is groomed. I didn't realize that's what they called it, but I was groomed prior to my uh, to my abuse. So I really was just an empty shell. And at fourteen years old, I was getting a little bigger and I found my hero. I found an adult that would listen to me. I reached out to my my mother's youngest brother. Unfortunately, we lost him in 88. He was just a blue-collar guy that loved the family and was in the supermarket business. And I remember he came home from work one day, and and I told him what was happening to me. I shared with him about the abuse and the hurt and the pain, and he became my defender. I stayed with him for a while. He protected me. He believed in me, and those are great parts of the story. But really, even though the abuse ended, even though the physical and the sexual and the, the abuse physically stopped, uh, the next part of the story is the next 40 years that I had to live with the, the hurt, the pain, the lies, the guilt, the shame that the abuser left on me. And in that journey, I found Christ. At 16 years old, I, I came into a church as a youth group. It was the 80s, so we all had mullets. It was the law. Uh, so we all had mullets back then, and And I remember asking Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And I wish I could tell you at that moment, everything was perfect, but it wasn't. It was the beginning of the journey. And it took many, many years for Christ to walk with me and the Spirit of the Lord to lead me. And there's times of weeping and anger and real moments of transition where I had to trust God. I had to surrender. I think Paul puts it this way. I had to crucify the old man. And again, this wasn't just a one-day event. This is years and years and years of uh, one step forward and two steps back and having good days and bad days and hoping and sadness and the whole process of grace. And God would bring us through that journey to help us learn to forgive those who abused me. And again, I, I share these things because in my book, Forgiving the Nightmare, I talk about that journey because I think sometimes as believers, we just want it to happen instantly. I sure did. I wanted to go to the altar one time, say a prayer, say it all, to be gone. But it wasn't all gone. But it got me through to the next phase, the next step. I think we say it this way, by precept, by precept, step by step, God started to pour out His grace to me, pour out His healing to me, pour out His love to me. I'll never forget that the Lord one day, I said, God, that mountain's too big. That mountain of forgiveness, how could I ever forgive this man who abused my body and stabbed me and cut me and lied to me and sold me? And God said to me in my spirit, not in the audible voice, but in my heart of hearts in my spirit, he said, Mark, first I want to teach you how to move a pebble, then the stone, then the rock, then the hill, well,
0: then that's, the mountain. I love that. Little by little, precept upon precept. Step by step. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. that's awesome. And, and and one thing, I'm not interrupting you. Wait, actually, I did. But, but uh, you said no, something. No, no, no. <laughs> you said something earlier when we were talking pre-recording here that you said, You know, not everybody that's listening to this has been abused, but many people listening to this know somebody that has been and has gone through this.
1: That's true. Statistics would tell us that that many of your listeners have been abused. Many of your male listeners have been abused. But if they have not, personally, they probably know of somebody, Mm -hmm. somebody in the church, somebody in their organization, somebody at work. Uh, you know unfortunately men don't talk about it. women are a little bit more open about that and, yeah. and that's wonderful men we tried to hide it we tried to deal with it in different ways and, yeah. and again, well, i'm no expert in that a i'm macho a thing. preacher but yeah. i don't know yeah yeah you're right you're right you know <laughs> uh when, when we've been abused and it brings abuse abuse brings confusion it brings fear it steals your self-respect it steals your dignity And it and the unforgiveness And believe me, I understand, I'm not saying this cavalierly, lightly, simple, I know the depth of trying to forgive, but holding on to that unforgiveness is giving that abuser tentacles, if you would, into your heart, to your mind, into your soul. That that abuser and that anger is occupying your spirit. And I knew, I never knew that I could forgive. And believe me, I'm still on that journey. (laughs) You know, I'm still saying, God help me every day. I remember the Word tells us, His mercies are made new every day, and and saying, Lord, help me stand on that promise. So my forgiveness is is a genuine forgiveness in, in Christ. I don't want to have a kumbaya moment. I don't want to go, you know, have s'mores by the fire with my abuser. We have healthy boundaries between those who have wounded me and hurt me. I've found real help on my journey. Yes, the altar and the preacher is great, but I've also worked with counselors and psychiatrists and all those that can help me out in that way. But again, I I have forgiven not because of what I've done but because Christ has forgiven me.
0: So let me ask you how do you, how do you do that? Getting it down into the real life, uh, you know, the everyday forgiveness. I mean, because uh, I, it, you say you forgive, and I and I believe that absolutely, and that's what Christ wants us to do. But how do we make that a reality in in the daily? Living that uh, you know the thoughts come back and the feelings, the feelings of unforgiveness comes back. Whether you're talking about abuse or you know, or somebody stole something from you or any kind of unforgiveness, but sure. but how do you how do you bring that into your daily life?
1: Well, that's a great question, and exactly that it's almost done daily. You know, praise the Lord. We're talking about Easter this week, and you know, we know what Christ did for us, and His resurrection gave yes. us forgiveness, death. And that's instant. God gave that to us instantly. It's a gift from God, praise the Lord. But those of us that have been wounded or hurt or robbed, as you said, we have to walk through that almost in a daily way. We forgive what's in front of us. And we say, God, it it may not feel good. It may not uh, sound good. It may not be warm and fuzzy. But the choice we made in Christ, for me and my house, will serve the Lord, the prophet would say. Let me put it this way, brother. You know, I always thought I'd wake up a day and my abuse would be gone. That hurt would be gone. The memories would be gone. But that day has never come. That mountain of hurt is still in my life. The memories are there. I can go back to it. I know the smells, the taste, the sound. But what happened on my journey following God is that God became bigger. The mountain of God became bigger than the mountain of abuse. Even though the mountain of abuse is there, the mountain of God, His Word, His Spirit, and His love Mm -hmm. overcast, shadowed over the mountain of abuse. So yeah, does it come back? Sure. Does the memories and a certain location, a smell, a sound, does it rush back? Yeah. But I stand on the word of God. And I say, mm. God, boy, I'm being tormented now. but I know your word says mm. I'm more than a conqueror. And I'm forgiven in the name of Jesus.
0: So we use the word of God as our sword, right?
1: We, yeah, we use it as a sword and faith as our shield.
0: <laughs> right, right. And when the thoughts come in, we, I, I mean, I I like to use the, the term uh, thought replacement, uh, in, in other words, we get attacked by the enemy and he puts these thoughts in our heads, uh, you know, you know, whatever it is, uh, and we replace it with the word of God. What, what does God have to say about this situation?
1: You're right. You're right. That's, I like that thought too. You know, let me tell you a story. You know, you forgive what's in front of you. And before I was a father, I believe I was on a journey of forgiveness. And then I had my first child in the normal way. My wife and I are at the hospital. Baby came in the world as they usually do. Ten fingers, ten toes, a happy birth, and we were excited parents. And the nurse and the doctors put the baby in my arm. I was a father, overwhelmed, shocked. Oh, no, I'm somebody's dad. <laughs> and I just remember that instant love, that instant love I had for this child. And at that moment, the enemy lied to me was coming in and saying, you know what, no one ever loved you as much as you love this baby. Because if they did, you wouldn't have been wounded, you wouldn't have been abused, you wouldn't wow. have been neglected. Wow. But at that very same moment, the Spirit of the Lord came over me and again, I don't mean that in a sensational way, I mean that in an internal way. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit of the Lord came over me and, and said to me, I've always loved you, even though those around you neglected you, and even though you had to endure that ugliness of abuse, that I have loved you like you love this child. And that moment of of bliss holding my first child turned to sadness, but was awakened in grace of God's love. Wow.
0: that's That's awesome. That's an awesome story right there. So... You, you're blowing me away with this stuff, brother. <laughs> so,
1: so, you know, and that's the journey we're on. It's mm-hmm. not easy. I want to talk to, you know, I love the altar. Mm-hmm. I love laying hands on people. I believe God can do anything in an instant. Right. I believe God can raise the dead, open up blind eyes, give, give hearing to the deaf. I believe God can do it all. Mm-hmm. But many times our miracle comes through the journey. Right. God David said, I have to walk through the valley. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we go to the altar, we go, Hey, I prayed, I even gave the offering. Why yeah. didn't it happen? I quoted <laughs> the scriptures. But our <laughs> but our our healing sometimes comes through the journey. Right. And that's where my healing came. And I, I had like, to grow like, and mature. Yeah, go ahead. I had to grow and I had to mature and I had to trust the Lord. And it wasn't always easy. God took me to the woodshed, and he also gave me hugs at the same time.
0: So, amen. I like what you said a few minutes ago, you, and I kind of cut you off, but if if you can elaborate even a little bit more. You talked about God said that he was going to have you move a pebble, a pebble at a time, and then a stone at a time, and a rock at a time, and you've kind of alluded to what that really means, but it, basically one step at a time. Yeah. Can you expound on that sure. just a little bit?
1: I'd be happy to. You know, oftentimes when I, I'm on an interview, people say, "How did you forgive? How did you forgive somebody who abused you so badly?" Well, you know what? I I didn't wake up trying to forgive. I waked up seeking God. Yeah. I wanted more God. I, that's what I wanted. Yeah. You know, I didn't wa- I didn't say, "Hey, God, I'm going to be better than the next guy. I'm going to be I'm going to show off." I just said, "I got God, I want you." And as I seek God, and it wasn't always perfect. Let me tell you, brother, there has been seasons, right? But as I sought God, and I tried to give my heart, my life, my mind, my soul, my trust in the Lord, he would bring me deeper, deeper, deeper to his word, deeper to his ways, deeper to his spirit. And in that is where the pebble, the rock, the stone, the boulder, the hill, then the mountain. Yeah. One day we were just walking, and I was saying, God, this thing about the abuse is all over me. He said, now it's time. Let's go. Let's go do it. And he was, God's word was gentle, and his grace was full, and I stumbled, and I complained, and I'll never forget. See, David, I always saw myself as a victim. and victim gave me certain privileges, I'll be honest. I saw I had a chip on my shoulder the size of Gibraltar, because I was hurt. The world owed me something. You don't understand, I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't ask for this, and the world owed me something. God said to me one day, Mark, you got to stop being a victim. And I remember saying, literally, out loud to my in my prayer life, saying, God, if I'm not a victim, what am I? Because that's all I know how to be. I was raised to be a victim. What happened to me makes me a victim. And gentle in the spirit, the Lord would speak to my heart. they say, Mark, you're no longer a victim. Now you're victorious. Yeah. And I knew it was his victory in me. Yeah, I love that. And that's why in my book, Given the Nightmare, I give some steps. some practical I call them trail markers because I like to hike. Some practical trail markers that, that keep me on the path because I can go off of it. Boy, I got, I got a tongue just like everybody else. But I can go off of it, but that those trail markers that God's prayer life, you know, the Word of God, fasting, mm-hmm. friends, you know the kind of friends that can tell you, listen, you need a tic-tac, those kind of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things, that humility, uh, honesty, uh, you know, forgiveness, and those are the, am I giving forgiveness, am I asking for forgiveness when I stumble? You know, when I put my foot in my mouth, and, I, and I've wounded, not in a physical or, or an evil way, but when I've... Who sinned against my brothers? Have I gone to to, the, to them and asked for forgiveness? So those are the, some of the things I do to try to keep me on track.
0: Where, where, and of course, pray. Where, where can I find your book, Mark?
1: Well, believe it or not, I am on Amazon. I mean, nah, this makes me feel famous. You know, <laughs> I'm on Amazon.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> you can go
1: to Amazon.com and find, look up Forgiving the Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Forgiving the Nightmare, and you can go find it on Amazon and also our website, ForgivingTheNightmare dot
0: Good, good. Now, tell me about your church. Do you mind doing that? How uh, I know you've been no, there for, not at all. Been I there for love 27 my church. Years, I've been, right?
1: yeah. Well, I've been pastoring for 27, okay. 27 years, and I've had all kinds of experiences. Pastored in New York City. I'm a, I'm an East Coast guy, so I say ka, I say <laughs> "haba," I say "dora." This is how I like to talk. You know, you know. I, just, I don't. I. I I don't say, I say mother You know, these are the way I talk. So, oh, you know, hot. I don't have an R in heart. It's hot. Where's your heart? You got a heart for God? Come on, David. You got a heart for God? You no. Know? So that's how I like to talk. So I've met, I've pastored around New England, but right now I'm in a great church. We're on the border of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It's a real blue-collar people loving God. You can find us in Dudley, Massachusetts, like Dudley Do-Right. We're in Dudley, Massachusetts. Calvary Community Church, and that's our middle name, Community. So that's what we want to be about. Mm -hmm. We preach the gospel, and we love real people. I tell people all the time, we don't have to live perfect life. We just live a forgiven life. There you
0: go. Love oh, that.
1: Praise
0: the Lord. Yeah, I uh, love that. God's grace. God's grace covers a multitude of sins. And and I can tell you, I, I had plenty in my life too, Mark. Plenty. <laughs> but thank, <laughs> Amen. But thank God for his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his love. Oh, my gosh. That's good stuff there. Is there anything, before we Amen. close the show out, is there anything else that you want to add to all this? I mean, you, Mike's you know, open right finds
1: now. He himself. Sure, if somebody finds themselves in a situation where I was and they're wrestling with a nightmare. Again, my nightmare is abuse. There's other people, I don't know their nightmares, but a divorce, a sorrow, a death, a a rejection, a pain. There's probably a million things out there I can't even fathom. But if you're dealing with one, give yourself some grace because God has. And find the help you need. Again, that help can be uh, clinical. That help can be spiritual. It can be a mixture. You can find counselors and preachers. Find those people like we say, Aaron and hers, as the Bible talks, about, and they hold up Moses' hands in the battle. Find some people who's going to come beside you and help you walk. there. you're not alone. You're not alone, and it's not your fault.
0: Yeah, God loves you. Isn't that great? It's so important to. Uh, Yes, to get help, and also to have good godly friends, because uh, you you tend to become like who you hang around with, and uh, if you hang around God, you're going to become more like God, and if you hang around godly people, you're going to become more, you know, godly like your friends, so pick your friends wisely, and pick your help wisely, too, absolutely. Um, Okay, well, geez, good stuff here, Mark, I I really appreciate you coming on today, and... uh, uh, you know, one more thing. I just want to really underline what you talked about unforgiveness because, um, you know, unforgiveness, you, you know, you, you dealt with that, uh, having to do with the abuse and that kind of thing. And, uh, I can't even imagine honestly, but, uh, but praise God he's doing it. He, he's done a miraculous work in your heart, but th- there's also so many people out there that deal with unforgiveness in other areas. And, you know, like if somebody's wronged them, And, uh, or, you know, somebody cheated on them or I talked about robbing or abuse, like you said, or, or even just, you know, just people saying stupid stuff, you know? You know, you say sure. something stupid, sure. somebody gets offended. And next thing you know, they're resenting you, and they have bitterness in their heart, mm-hmm. and this can fester mm-hmm. like a wound. We got to get the stuff out sure. of our hearts, people. We got to get it out of our hearts because unforgiveness—you're not hurting the other person; you're hurting yourself. And and you probably heard that a thousand times, but you're only hurting yourself. And and if you're having a, a, a tough time with unforgiveness, whether it be a friend or an enemy or or a family member, especially family. Members, you got to get it out. It's only going to hurt you, and it's it, it destroys your life if you let it fester. It's like a cancer. Exactly.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah, and I would argue that it is coming out. Right, it's coming out in other ways. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're saying nobody knows, but it's coming out in your language to your spouse. It's coming out how you treat your children. It's coming out how you treat yourself. It's coming out how you treat people around you, or how you work. And so it's coming out. You just may not know. You nobody knows on that. I got it really hidden. But it's coming out, everybody around you goes, yeah, we know. There's something <laughs> going on because they love you. And you're right. about It doesn't have to be about abuse. That's just kind of what I went through. Right. But everybody has a nightmare. That's why I call it forgiving the nightmare. Whatever your nightmare is, God wants to help you walk through that. And it doesn't matter the depth or the level or if it's been really bad or a little bad. It all hurts. And God wants to be there to... To pull you
0: out of that miry clay, amen. Amen. Absolutely. Hey, people, you got to get the book, Forgiving the Nightmare. Um, and if if you don't have any unforgiveness in your heart that you need to be concerned about, get the book anyway and give it to a friend or just hold on to it until God says, You know what, I want you to give it to this person. So if you have it in your possession, you're ready to give it. And again, uh, Forgiving the Nightmare, you can find it on Amazon, that would be the, the main place to find it, or his website, as he mentioned. Um, before I let you go, Mark, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you to pray for us and the audience. in would Would you do that for us, Mark?
1: I'd be honored. Thank you so much. Lord God, we come to you today, and we thank you again for your mercy and your grace in our lives. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to die to pay the sins, pay for the sins that we could not. So, Lord, I pray today that you bless all that are listening. I pray, Lord, today that your word will touch and your truth will reveal the goodness of your grace, Lord. Father, I, I, it's not about religion. It's about relationship, having a relationship with you, the God who died, the God who set us free. And, Lord, as we celebrate this coming Sunday, the God that rose from the dead and gave us the victory. So, Father, we live these lives. That Father, have pain and reality and touches. But Father, when we find ourselves in you, we can find hope. We could find peace. We can find strength. Lord, I pray today that you bless my brother David, bless this podcast, bless all that his hands touch, that you may be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank amen. you, Mark. I really appreciate that. Awesome. Hey, Mark, I'm, be, When we go, we're going to close out the show, but do not hang up, Mark. I want to talk to you, okay? <laughs> again, folks. Amen, brother. Thank you again. <laughs> Absolutely. Hang on, Mark. Again, Mark Sowersby. Pick up his book, Forgiving the Nightmare. You can catch it on Amazon, like we talked about. Hey, thanks, folks. Uh, Episode number 103 is in the books right now. And if this message has blessed you, and I I totally believe it has, please share it with somebody. Send them the link, let them know about it. Uh, And until next time, God bless you all.